Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. But you know, I want to bring a word today that I believe, sincerely believe, will help us. The title is, Are You Living a Life of a Champion? Obviously, right? Today's Super Bowl Sunday. Somebody's going to walk away a champion today in that wonderful game. But God wants us, all of us, again, to live a life of a champion. Now, here's how I'm bringing this word today. You may wonder why I'm bringing it with this type of slant, but I believe that the Lord spoke to me in a study that I personally did on this particular topic. So what I did was I did the study of this one word that I'm going to present here in a moment, find all the scriptures, did all the work for you, and all you got to do is have your notes. How many have notes, by the way? If you don't, ushers, come on. If you want notes, we have notes where you're going to fill in blanks. All right, we want you participating. If you want notes, it's all typed up. You got all the scriptures. You got all the, 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 the facts that I'm going to give you, but you're going to have to participate. You're going to have to fill in some blanks. And the idea of that is, is I'm not that good and I don't want you falling asleep. So you get to participate. Listen, it may be something new. I know it's new for our church, but how many know it may be new for somebody completely? But listen, I've learned over the years that if you see, you hear, and you participate in whatever's being taught, you learn it quicker, you learn it more. Amen? So you're going to have notes. Take those notes, by the way, and do a study at home. For those of you who have a family, study, make a devotional out of those notes. Again, we did all the work for you. They're there, they're there so avail yourself to it. Can you do that this morning? Amen? All right, look at this. So are you living a life of a champion? 22 facts I want to give you that you and I should know, listen, about singing. Singing unto the Lord. 22 facts that Scripture shows us of, now listen, the importance and the power of singing unto the Lord. Now I know for some of us here this morning, maybe nobody in our church, nah, let, me, let me take that back, it, probably definitely nobody in our church, but I don't know. But it's going to challenge somebody listening to this, right? And it comes to singing, because some of us just don't sing. Let me, let me give you an example. You know, I've been a Christian 33, 34 years, been in ministry 27, and you get a lot of observations over the years. And I love watching folks during a church service. It's what I've done most of my life is to be a pastor, and I enjoy it. I love it. I'm probably more excited about it today than I've ever been. But you get a lot of observations over the years, especially during worship time. And I love how everybody typically has their style. Now, we all will fit in a certain group, and I'm going to present to you some of those groups, some of those styles, because I just love the fact that we're all unique. How many love the fact we're unique? Amen? And this isn't dissing us. This is just having fun, because it's the truth. But, you know, you watch people worship Jesus, and it's so cool, because some, I mean, they just are really, really into it. 
You know, you got the, now here's my favorite. Now, if you haven't noticed, this is my favorite. During worship, when the team's up here and we're worshiping God, I go into what I call the triangle. How many goes, you know, some guys will do this. I do the triangle. See, I just, you know, bam. See how that falls right there? Just the triangle. How many guys do that? You know, you got to put your hand somewhere and then I'll just kind of tap each foot, kind of moving with the worship team. How many know what I'm talking about? Right? And then there are those, here are those who are in this category. I call them those who stare. They don't sing, they stare. All right? Here's what they do hands are folded always. This is important for those who stare. You got to fold your hand and you just stare at the team. Now, every once in a while, one who stares, they'll look up at the words, look back at the team, look up at the words look back at the team. My thought is they're making sure they're singing the right words. That's my thoughts. (laughs) Then you have those who, you know, they have a nightclub background. (laughs) I mean, they have a nightclub background. How many know that's okay? How many know, come on, help the nightclub folks. Then you have those, I love these ones, they, they love the front chair and they're hoping you're not sitting in it because they got to lean on that chair. And they just, yeah. How many, how many are leaners? Anybody here leaners? Yeah. And you can just see them death gripping that chair like, please, let's get through this. Then you have the whistlers. Yeah, whistlers in the house. Hey, I got a word for the whistlers. Warn the person in front of you. We've had multiple healing lines for people with eardrum problems. Just, here's a word for the whistlers. Tap the person in front of you, say, here we go. And they'll just, is that all right? One more, who's a whistler? Come on, a real line. I'm like Pastor Don, I wish I could do that. Mine sounds like a bird. But anyways, then you have those, okay, the clappers. They pause. They clap for everything. How many know that's good too, right? How many know we got to have the clappers? Any clappers in the house? And, and, and here's one of my other favorites is they'll be worshiping the Lord and they kind of have one hand and it's, you know how Bible says lift holy hands and it's kind of bent. It's like resting on their shoulder and they're just back and forth. I'd be dizzy. I'd fall over. But they, they just, they're gone, man. They're in there. And then there's some on the worship team. I'm giving this away for some of the worship team. And they, they know what I'm about to say because I tease them about it. They're the punchers. How many know we got some of the punchers in the house on the worship team? You know, you can see Tracy. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. She's make. where's she at? Where's she at? She left. Yeah, she left. Oh, she back here. Love you, Tracy. But she'll make sure you're getting the word because I will punch you in the face if you don't. <laughs> so we, we all have our style. But here's one thing that scripturally says that we are to do regardless of our style. We've got to incorporate one thing into all of our styles and that's singing. 
not singing, listen now, and again, this is gonna step on some toes and probably most of the toe stepping that I'm gonna do, and I'm pretty good at toe stepping. I don't mind, that's typically my personality. What I like to do when I step on toes while I'm preaching, and what that means by, some may never heard that phrase, stepping on toes, is that I'm going to really encourage you slash correct. Is that okay? That's my style. How many, how many, is that okay? It doesn't matter, I'm gonna do it anyways. But my tendency is while I'm stepping, I'm just gonna kinda hold it there and go <laughs> Anyways, but that's good. Because you and I have to be corrected. And the idea of my correction slash encouragement and exhortation today about singing is because I wanna see you live a life you've never lived before. And you're, listen, this is biblical fact, I'll prove it from scripture. You're not gonna have the life of a champion without being one who sings. If you're one who stares, you're not living the life of a champion. You've got to sing. The word of God's got to be on your lips in song, not just verbally expressing it in words, in communication of talking, you've got to sing it. Period. Now, this typically steps on guys' toes. I don't know, for some reason, us guys, we don't think it's cool. You know, I don't know why. Where do we get that from? Or maybe you think you don't have a real good voice. Hey, listen, God don't care. When it comes from the heart, why are you laughing, Gary? When it, when it comes from the heart, all God hears and sees it as, this is what scripture says, when you sing from your heart unto the Lord, regardless if you're in tune, on tune, out of tune, I don't care what's the other stuff, you know, this, that, all the logistics that worshipers say you've gotta have. Let me tell you something, just sing it from your heart. I don't care if you're out of note, in note, doesn't matter. If it's in a bucket sounding type voice, doesn't matter. When it's from the heart, scripture says this, that it's like a sweet smelling incense unto the Lord. He don't hear you in tune, out of tune. He, he, he don't care. That's not the issue with God. It's the heart. So for those of us who are and have been singing unto the Lord, this is to encourage you. And hopefully if you haven't been doing it at home, you're gonna start taking this home with you if you've been doing it with us corporately. Now, for those of you who don't do it at all corporately, let me tell you straight up, this is definitely for you because you want to start. Something's going to happen to you as you start singing unto the Lord, not just privately, but corporately. You can't stare your, stare your way into victory. Impossible. 22 facts. You ready? Here we go. Grab your notes. Grab your pen. Number one, why we should sing, first fact is God sings. How many would dare to say that we are called to be like Jesus? How many know part of our journey as Christians is to imitate, emulate God? True? Well, listen, if you want to emulate God, imitate God, you're going to have to be one who sings because he does. He's the one, by the way, that invented it. Number one, I was gonna say something about some, some folks who are professional singers, but I won't. God sings. Look at this, Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will what? Mark that will save phrase. He will rejoice over you with? How many are glad of that? So when God thinks of you, he thinks nothing of but being except glad. 
not sad. That's important for you to burn into your psyche as a Christian because there are things that you and I do that aren't pleasing to the Lord. We know that. But he still rejoices over us because he always sees the finished result. He's, listen, listen, everybody look at me. He sees what you're becoming, not what you've become. He's in the transformation business. It goes on to say, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will, he will quiet you with his love. And this is how he does it. He will rejoice over you with God sings. Why shouldn't we? Aren't you glad that God just doesn't stare at you? Would that be an interesting moment in his presence? You're coming to the Lord and you're bringing all kinds of stuff and God's just. Wouldn't that be rough? Folks, I wonder what God thinks and feels when we do that to him. Just a thought. Remember, I just stepped. Now I've pulled away. I just stepped on your toe. I didn't stay there. I'm so proud of myself, Rob. I didn't stay there. God, there's hope. There really is. Okay, number two. Here we go. Champions in the Old Testament sang. They were singers. They worshiped the Lord in song. Example, Moses, the great leader, understood the heart of God about singing. In fact, here in Exodus 15, you'll see that one of the greatest triumphs, the greatest victories that they received was the exodus out of Egypt in bondage for over 400 years, and one of the keys to their deliverance was singing unto the Lord. Isn't that amazing? I don't call that ironic. I call that as a biblical fact and spiritual principle. Here we go, number three. Champions in the New Testament, they were singers. Paul and Silas. To me, Paul was one of the most baddest, awesome dudes in Christ. He, he was just, I mean, he, he just had it going on as an apostle of the Lord, but he was a singer. He was one who praised and worshiped the Lord in song. Matter of fact, in his darkest hour and darkest moment of life, him and Silas chose to sing. Look at this, Acts 16, 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners, the prisoners, those who didn't know the Lord yet were listening to them. Interesting. Number four. The fourth fact, sing when you enter his presence. Sing when you enter his presence. Psalm 100 verse two. Serve the Lord with. Now it's interesting that God sings over us with gladness. Now he's asking us to serve him with. How many can see the parallel with that? Amen. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence staring. Come into his presence, what? Singing. Let's roll this into our homes, our home life. We're gonna be leaving here shortly and we obviously go home. And my greatest heartbeat, anybody who teaches the word of God, this should be our greatest heartbeat, is that we give you something that you can take home with you. Because how many know that's where the rubber meets the road? You know, we come, we rejoice here at church corporately, thank God for the environment, that is very much conducive for celebration here and being encouraged and edified. But the bottom line is you're gonna wake up tomorrow, Monday morning, with the same stuff going on in your life. Some of it's good, and for some of us, it's not so good. 
So our heartbeat as preachers slash teachers of the word is what can we give you that when you wake up Monday morning, that life's stuff isn't getting the best of you, but you are getting the best of who God says you are to be. Sing when you enter his presence. So at home, let me ask you a question. Are you singing at home? Is part of your fellowship and devotional time and prayer time is built into that singing? Do you sing unto the Lord? Because it's important. Scripture says you cannot enter his presence without singing. Number five, sing together with other saints. How many know we do that here at church? Thank God for that. Isn't it cool? Don't you think we have a most awesome worship team ever? Come on, give him, give him. Yeah, you should give him applause for that. Because they work hard to allow you and I to enter in together corporately. It says, let the word of Christ, this is Colossians 3, 16 under number five. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, what? Now mark that phrase. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Underline those words. Because I believe allowing the word of God to dwell in you richly. In other words, you got to take effort to put the word of God in you in order for it to dwell in you. In order for it to dwell in you richly, you have to consume a lot. Now for some, five minutes a day may be a lot, do it. For others, it may be a half hour a day, do it. Whatever, don't put the time element on it. Put the consistency on it. Give me feedback on that. Does that help you? Because I can end in prayer right now if you want. I need to know that's helping you. Is it helping you? Consistency is the key. Amen? How many of you eat little meals throughout the day? You're going to be better off than consuming a very large meal one time a day. Amen? So consistency is the key. But it says, let the word of Christ dwell in them richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. And it goes on to say, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your what? See, I believe a key to us being able to voice our faith unto the Lord is we've got to be full of the word. I asked Cody, who leads our worship team, does a phenomenal job, great young man as a leader. I asked him, I said, tell me one sentence to express how you see praise and worship. He said, Ken, to me, praise and worship is our opportunity to express our faith unto the Lord. How many believe that's powerful? And that's true. See, we know to say the word of God when it comes to what we believe, but I don't think we have thought much about singing the word of God because of what we believe. I believe singing takes it to the fullest level. I can speak God's word verbally, but there's something about when I sing God's word in song. How many with me this morning? Number six, here we go, moving right along. Number six, singing to the Holy Spirit will dispel all evil work of our enemy. Listen, in your home life, especially the men, let me encourage you, if you're married and have kids, please listen to me. As men, you need to be one who sings unto the Lord in your home. Now, if you've got a voice that isn't in tune, on tune, and it's out of tune, do it when they're not home. That's what I do. I've watched my dog put his tail between his legs and just take off. There goes Ken singing again. <laughs> Amen. But be a true, listen, let me just be as blunt as I can be. Be a true man of God and be one who sings unto the Lord. 
It is cool when you sing. It's not cool when you don't sing. Amen? Why? Because God himself sings. And I dare you to say God ain't cool. Be that type of priest in your home. Be that type of head of your home spiritually. Be one who sings unto the Lord in your home. And you'll watch the environment of your home, which we're going to see here in a moment. The environment of your home life is more important. Listen to what I'm about to say. The environment of your home life is more important than the environment of this church. Matter of fact, your home life, my home life, our home lives affect the environment of this church more than that worship team, more than Pastor Don, who's always coming ready. They come ready. Pastor Don comes ready. The pastoral staff, the leadership, key leaders of the church, we come bringing our A game. But the environment in this church is more affected by your personal home life. Man, I could say something else, but I won't. Here we go. 1 Samuel 16, 23 proves number six. Here was Saul being tormented by devils, literally. David broke out the harp, broke out in song. Man, he got his game on. I mean, some of you, it may be, you know, just singing. Some of you maybe play guitar, play it at home. Start learning. I'm serious. Hey, I play spoons at home. Whatever, no, I don't. Whatever it takes, bring it at home. Bring it at home. Bring it at home. Because what's going to happen if you're used to bringing it at home, when we get together, you won't be one who stares. You'll be one who's singing. Hey, these are just thoughts. What do you think? Is it okay if I just share my thoughts with you? Number seven, here we go. Here we go. Singers were a central part of battles in the Old Testament. Singers were an essential part of battles. Men of God, you know and I know there's always battles going on when it comes to your home life. Your marriage, your kids serving or not serving God. Be one who leads by singing. Amen? Second Chronicles 20 explains that. Let's go down to number eight. Singers were often the reason for victories against the enemies of God. Let me read that again. Singers were often the reason for victories against the enemies of God. We want to see that in our own home life, don't we? We want to see that for those who are single. You want to see that in your personal life, don't you? You want to see victories against your enemy. Be one who sings. Letter A under number eight. Your singing to the Holy Spirit will create an atmosphere of thanksgiving. That's what I was trying to get to a moment ago about the home environment, the environment of your home. You know, how many can ever experience or have ever experienced this? You've walked into a room and you could tell there was anger there. There was somebody who was angry or strife-filled. How many have ever felt that before? Sure. How many have ever walked into a room and felt a lot of good positive energy? In a room, right? Well, that's the same with the environment of your home. If you're one that sings unto the Lord, you set an environment that's conducive for God to do what he needs to do. You know, Missy and I have been married 29 years. We've been married a long time. And, 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 you know, I know none of you in your marriage go through this, but we have what we call intense fellowship. 
How many have ever had intense fellowship with your spouse? Yeah, I know some of you. I, I remember this one couple saying, we never fight. I'm like, glory to God, give me the secret on that one. But we don't call it fighting. It's just intense fellowship. How many know that sounds better, right? All right, so we may have this intense fellowship. But how many know that intense fellowship, that really affects the environment of your home, doesn't it? Well, it's amazing how praise and worship singing unto the Lord changes all that. Can you agree with me on that? Letter B, your singing will greatly influence your focus. You know, there's going to be a champion today in the Super Bowl. Only one team's going to win. Listen, this is a proven fact. It's, the victory isn't always dependent on the talent, the skill, or the experience of the winning team. The bottom line, whoever's going to win today is the one who dominates focus. So think about your life. Are you living a life of a champion? The key, a major key to you living a life of a champion is your focus. Listen, write this down. Broken focus is the demise of everyone. Write that down. Broken focus is the demise. It's the defeat of everyone. If the enemy can break your focus off of God, he got you. Because listen, when you're focused on the Lord, that's your faith engaged. The moment he causes you to break focus from the Lord, we disconnect from our trust, our faith in God, and we begin to doubt. So broken focus is doubt and unbelief. Pure focus is faith. Did you get anything out of that? Well, thank you for your overwhelming response for that. Let's go to letter C. Your singing affects the energy of your body to allow you to all the more focus on your creator. You know, the last couple of days I've had flu-like symptoms, but I refuse to not be here today. Just worship the Lord the last couple of days, sang unto the Lord, had me a good old time. You know what, can I be honest? I feel great today. I'm honored to be in your presence today because I was not about to not bring this word today. But worshiping God, singing to the Lord does something to your natural body because listen, it's a supernatural moment. It really is spiritual more than we realize just singing with our natural voice. Letter D, your singing is an act of obedience to the Holy Spirit. And you always want to obey the Holy Spirit. He moves in an environment of praise worship that is through the avenue of singing. Number nine, here we go. Sing to cause your enemy to become demoralized, discouraged, and decide to move away from you. Oh, come on now. All right, men, men, we are prone to fight and go to war and go to battle. We will fight for our spouse. We'll fight for our kids. We'll fight for what we believe in. We'll fight for our teams, even though they may not be the best team, but we will fight for our team, right? We are fighters by nature. That's the way God created us. We will go to war. But listen to what this is saying. Singing will cause your enemy, my enemy, our enemy, to become demoralized and discouraged. Tell me that don't excite you. Hey, he's out to destroy you, your family life. Listen, I've heard from enough 
men and women of God who have gone through divorce and the pain, the pain. Listen, there's two men that I'm thinking of right now in our church. If I could, I'd call them out because I just want to high five them because to me, they're my heroes. They, it's amazing to me. Their stories are the same. Their, their spouse, who now is their ex, their spouse, their wives brought them to church in the past and because they weren't going to church, the husbands, these guys, and the wives decided to walk away from the Lord. But these men are still going to church faithfully. Man, I had one come up twice. He's my hero. He's in tears. Now, when you look at this guy, he looks intimidating. I mean, he just looks like he could just take his thumb and go in your eye. You know what I mean? He's just a cool looking dude. He's just, but man, he come up in tears. Saying, Ken, I need you to pray for me. And bottom line was, because I'm not giving up. Come on. Come on. The wives bring them to church. So they get turned, the guys get turned on to the Lord. And the wives say, oh, well. But the men are sticking to it. I bet if we peeked into their private lives, I bet you they are worshipers, singers unto the Lord, and they celebrate as much as they can. Amen? Woo! That don't get you excited. I don't know what will. Because you know what? Typically in church, it's the other way around. Usually the wives are single moms, single parents, you know, trying to do what they need to do, and the men go off into whatever, uh, not serving the Lord. But there's two men to me are heroes. Amen? Let's move on if we can. Number 10, your singing may be the turning point in someone's personal salvation. Your singing may be the turning point in someone else's personal salvation. True story, when I was young in life and in the Lord, I I came to the Lord at the age of 17. Now the stuff I did by the age of 17, most won't do in the whole life. The stuff that I did wrong. Well, I remember about 17 and a half, I was only in the Lord about six months, Loved the Lord and just was excited that he actually accepted me and saved me and forgave me. So I'm up in my bedroom and I'm just singing unto the Lord, worshiping God, having a just good time because, man, I was just like, my God, he forgave me. And I put my dad through a lot, put my mom through a lot. But I remember my dad, he was down at the bottom of the stairs because my room was up in the attic. They remodeled it and all that stuff. And I remember I could hear him because he heard me singing and, and he didn't know what was going on because he wasn't walking with the Lord yet. And he, I remember him cracking open the door and I could hear him just standing there listening. And I'm up there, thank you, God, worship you, Lord. Love you, Father. You're everything to me, just having a great time. You know what? God's truth, within weeks, my dad accepted Christ. Because he, he, he saw his son who was in and out of jail and all this mess that I was into turning into what was just blowing his mind, and he decided, I'm going to get in on that. How many think that's pretty cool? And you can see that in Acts chapter 16, right here in Hebrews chapter 2. It says, it makes good sense that God who got everything started keeps everything going. How many know that's a good thought right there? Can you mark that in your notes? The God who got all this going, he wants to keep it going. And what that means for you and I is God created salvation through Christ. We know that. Okay, for those of you here today who've accepted Jesus, you just got started. 
And I don't care if it's been 30 years in the Lord, you still getting started because there's so much more to experience. How many know what I'm talking about? But God wants to keep it going. He, he wants you to keep on experiencing salvation throughout the years and throughout your journey with him. But there are those here this morning, we're gonna give you opportunity here shortly. You haven't accepted Jesus, but you've been thinking about him. And today's your day. Amen? A God who got this thing started, keeps everything going, now wants to complete the work by making salvation pioneer perfect through suffering as he leads all these people to glory. Since the one who saves and those who are saved have a common origin, Jesus doesn't hesitate to treat you as family, saying, I'll tell my good friends, my brothers, my sisters, and all I know about you, I'll join them in what? Worship and praise unto you. For those of you who have not adopted singing in your life yet, we want you to come on in and join us. We don't want you standing there staring anymore. Don't do that. Don't rip yourself off from the very best that God has. Don't keep yourself from living a life of a champion. Get in there and be one who sings. Don't stare, sing. Bring it with all your heart. Can you do that, amen? Here we go, number 11. Sing to follow the pattern of uncommon great men. It's just a pattern throughout the Bible that they were singers. Number 12, sing to God because he is to be praised, feared above all other gods of this world. Amen? That's just a great thought, great fact. Here we go, we gotta keep moving on for the sake of time. Number 13, sing to God to celebrate his greatness. How many of we should be exploiting the greatness of God and just expressing it to the best that we can? Singing does that. You can see that in the verses right there. You can study those on your own at home. Number 14, sing. I love this one. Sing because it is proof of your thankfulness and your gratitude for him. Every time you sing unto the Lord, you're proving, God, I really am thankful I really do appreciate it. And that verse right there, four and five of Psalm 100 proves that. Let's go on. Sing the word of God. Don't just say it. Don't just confess it. Remember we said a moment ago, sing it. There's something about bringing it to the level of song. And I love this verse right here, verse 54 of Psalm 119, because it depicts what I've been trying to drive home about our home life. Your statutes, God's word, have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. Men of God, again, my focus has been mostly you, but it's for all of us, of course, but especially for the men of God here who have a family, wives, you have a wife, you have kids, listen to this. Your wife and your kids are on a pilgrimage, just like you. They're called to journey with the Lord. You're the key to their success and their pilgrimage with the Lord. God put that on us called priesthood. He anointed us for that. And what we want to do is we want to bring the word of God in song again into our homes. I know I'm driving that home, but would you let me do it for a few more minutes? Is that okay? Number 16, sing because your mouth is your deliverer. It's your weapon. And so if you can bring the word of God to the greatest level that you can bring it, which is your weapon, do it. Proverbs 18, 21 tells us the power of that. Number 17, sing to celebrate his benefits, forgiveness, and healing power. 
Sing to celebrate. How many of us always good to celebrate? We saw the fans up there celebrating their favorite sports team. Folks, do that. Get excited over the Cowboys and Steelers and whoever else. That's all cool. That's all okay. But how much more celebrate what God has done in our lives. Amen? Number 18. Sing to God because everything he created was commanded. Now mark that word commanded. Singing is not an option. Staring is. Singing is not an option. Staring is. God says, I command you to sing unto me. You know, if you think about it, as we're seeing in scripture, the power of singing, this is how I look at it. Lord, thank you that you did command me to do that. That you, listen, listen, everybody look at me. He didn't leave it as an option for a reason. He doesn't, listen, God himself doesn't even look at singing over you as an option. Number 19, how many believe we're gonna finish these? Here we go, number 19. Engage your heart when you are singing. I've had people ask me over the years, many years, many times ask me, Ken, how do I know when I'm singing from my head versus my heart? Now we know when we talk about heart, we're not talking about the heart that pumps blood. We're talking about the inner spiritual core of who you are. That's your heart. And how do you know that? How do you know when it's sincere? Listen, bottom line is you will know when it's from your heart and you'll know when it's from your head. There's more, listen, to know it's from your heart, there's more of a focus. Your emotions get involved, by the way. How many know it's okay to bring your emotions into your celebrating unto the Lord? And I can tell when I'm singing from my head, when I'm versus singing from my heart. And there's something powerful, listen to me, there's something powerful from singing from the heart because every time I sing from my heart, worship God from my heart, express my prayers from my heart, it causes my mind to focus. There's something about a spiritual power, an entity, when we sing from a heart, when we worship God from a heart, it literally, like, I can see it reaching up and just grabbing the thoughts of my mind and making me focus and helping me to take thoughts captive. When my heart is engaged, when it's not engaged, my mind has more of a tendency to float and to break focus. How many understand that? So when it's from your heart, your heart will help your mind Stay focused on him. I hope that helps you. Number 20, sing in your prayer language. If you're filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit and you have a prayer language, there's nothing. Matter of fact, I sing pretty good when I'm singing in, in my prayer language. That's the truth. I mean, I could hit notes. I'm like, woo, but when I'm out of the Spirit, yeah, there's a different level right there. You know what I mean? So it's amazing what singing in your prayer language will do. Don't just pray in tongues. Sing in your prayer language. Number 21, sing as evidence that you have recognized the victory that God has given you. Whenever your favorite team scores a touchdown, we know the adage, we know the deal. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be like my grandma. Ah! When they give your team a bad call. Come on, Cowboy fans. Work with me, right? You're gonna express what you're feeling right there, right? Well, listen, express what you believe God's done, amen, and that he is doing. Be one of those. Number 22, here we go. Last, by, but, but by no means least. Last, but by no means least. Number 22, sing so those who don't know the Lord may know about him and 
his goodness. Psalm 96, look at this. Let's read this verse before we close. Sing a what? What's it say? Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the... There's something about singing a new song unto the Lord from your heart that really affects those who don't know the Lord. Amen. Did you get anything out of this this morning? Living a life of a champion, one who doesn't stare, one who sings unto the Lord Jesus Christ, God, the creator of heaven and earth. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.